coming to you from stolen equipment and broadcasting from a pirated signal located somewhere in Southern California. This is the Danger Hour Podcast. Oh my God. And this is the Danger Hour Podcast, a podcast for morons. (laughs) Don't look so surprised. You didn't know? Look, you could be using your time to educate yourself about something, something you didn't know before. You could be bettering yourself with some kind of a self-help podcast. I don't know. You could be learning something, enriching your life. But no, here you are hanging out with me, just coasting through life. Remember on Forrest Gump when he's like, listen, Mrs. Gump, your boy's right here. And he points at the below average line. Well, that's you. Now, look, I'm not judging. I'm just I'm just slightly higher than you because you're listening to me. Okay, so you're a little bit dumber than me, but I'm not very smart myself. So uh, we're all in the same kind of boat drifting down the idiot river. (laughs) And, you know, to be honest with you, they're really I go through my whole life. Wondering, am I really an idiot or am I smart? I don't know. Now, I have heard just the act of questioning yourself, of, of saying, oh, am I smart or am I dumb, means that you're intelligent because you're questioning it. You're, you're thinking about it. If you just say, like, oh, yeah, I'm smart. I'm a smart person. That means that you're an idiot. Now, here's the question, though. Is me hearing someone say that influencing my thought? <laughs> or was I already having the thought to begin with? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. Now, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and go with the, I'm kind of dumb. I don't think I'm completely dumb, but I think I'm, I'm leaning towards dumb. And uh, I got to be honest with you, this last chapter in my life really proves the side of dumb. Eh, maybe. You be the judge. Okay, you're dumb, James. I, you haven't even heard it yet. I, I'm pretty sure I don't need to hear it, James. I'm pretty sure you're just dumb. All right. Well, maybe I'll, I'll change your mind with this one. Okay. So for the job that I have, uh, I never tell you what I do because frankly, it's none of your goddamn business, but I have compared it to like being a police officer. We're very similar. I'm out there on the gritty streets and uh, I'm I'm doing uh, certain tasks here and there. Oh my God, James, you're a drug dealer. No, sort of, but not really. Anyhow, so uh, recently I decided, you know what? I think I want to change. I think I'm tired of this. The job itself isn't bad at all. It's actually pretty cool. But a lot of the little bullshit involved, and well, a whole lot of stuff involved, is annoying and it can get to you if you, uh, if you let it. So I think I let it get to me, right? So I'm like, all right, I've had it. I'm pulling the fucking cord and uh, I'm out of here. So I transferred to a, an office position, sitting behind a desk. <laughs> now look. I've never had an office job before. I've, I've done stuff in an office once in a while, but I never actually had a job sitting in an office, you know, at, behind a computer, clicky, clicky, typey, typey, once in a while, answer a phone or two. Never tried that. So I'm like, ah, oh, how hard could it be? And this particular job, because of the COVID, <gasps> it'd be working from home. No weekends, no overtime, all the holidays off, all that shit, right? I'm like, all right, sounds good to me. Sign me up. Now, the thing with the company I work for, they allow you, if you want to try a new position, they're like, all right, go out there. If you pass the training, do the job. You have like a month and a half. If you don't like it, go back to your old job. That sounds pretty good, right? I'm like, fuck, I'll try it. Uh, Working from home sounds pretty good to me. Never have to leave the house. I can be in my underwear. Working, and not to mention the worst part about having a real job, the commute. Even though I don't drive very far, but I still I still hate it. You know, one time I worked less than two miles from home and it fucking destroyed me having to drive home. <laughs> if I caught one light, I'd be like, oh fuck, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 
So uh, that's that's how I am with driving when it comes to work. Uh, so that all seemed nice to me. So here I am, right? I mean, I pass all the training with flying colors. I've always been good at passing tests. Never an issue for me. Pretty, pretty good. I passed my driving test in the first try. I actually was talking to someone about this recently. I went to, uh, I'm in Southern California. And my fucking driving test, I get in the car and the woman's like, okay, make a right. So I did. Okay, make a right. Okay, make a right. <laughs> okay, parallel park right here between those cars. I did it. It's in the residential neighborhood, so I do it. Okay, go forward, make a right, and pull back into the parking lot. That was it. I was done. I couldn't fucking believe it. I mean, that's it? Yeah, you passed. <laughs> Simple. Or she just hated her job and she was over it. But nonetheless, I digress. So here I am. I passed my first week of training. Now I'm, now I'm going to go do on-the-job stuff, right? So I go into this other facility, this other location, and I got two instructors, all right? Two. One of them is this old woman who's going to retire in a few weeks, so she's already like fucking checked out. She doesn't give a shit. She's been working for like 40-something years. Whatever, right? I'm done. The other one, literally, my first day was her first day as an instructor. I'm like, great. I got, I got dealt a fucking fine hand here. And uh, I'll be honest with you, man. The, when, it, when it comes to me being dumb, I don't know how you guys are, but I can't read something and be like, all right, I know how to do it. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm comfortable. I'm good to go. I have to be watching someone do something, you know, and like, you know, see what they're doing and get a good visual representation of what's happening here. There's no way I can read a book and then do something like I use this example with my wife. She's like, because I told her the whole thing. And like, what's going to happen? I was like, well, pretty much it's like this. If someone told you about how to build a house, I'm talking about the framing with the wood and the nails, right? They can tell you, this is what you do. This is what you do. You cut this, cut that, blah, 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 nail here, fucking blah, blah, blah. You'd be like, and then they go, okay, good. Here, here's the tools. Go ahead. Here's the supplies. Go do it. It's like, uh, but if you saw someone doing it, you would have a way better understanding of what you're supposed to do, right? So I, that's the same. That's a perfect analogy, by the way. <laughs> so in this office, they didn't show me to do anything. The first week, we had no access to any of the programs we needed to get into, so we didn't do anything. It was like a big waste. The next week, it's like, all right, there you go. You're, you got your access. Go for it. And I'm like, uh, feeling like a lost idiot. And then these, these problems would come up that I needed to solve and I wouldn't have any idea how to do it. <laughs> and so I would be like raising my hand like, hey, uh, can you help me over here? And after a while, the younger one started getting annoyed with me. I can tell like she was kind of, she was kind of bitchy, man. I'll be honest. And then after a while, she'd be like, you have to figure out a better strategy here because we're not always going to be with you. We've given you handouts that cover a lot of the things that you're asking about. So if something comes up that you don't know how to do, you need to look through your handouts and figure out how to solve it. And meanwhile, the handouts she's referring to is like a binder with these like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of shit. And it's like, I don't got time to be looking through this because this fucking job turned out. It wasn't so such a walk in the park. It was a lot of shit, like overwhelmingly a lot of shit where you're constantly like trying to do this and that and clicking this and typing that and fucking answering emails, blah, 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 blah. And, and there's calls coming in. And anyway, so there's no time to be looking through shit. There's no time. And so I, I, I got into an argument with this person at one point. I go, hey, I go, look, this is like my first or second day doing this. I go, uh, this is all brand new to me. I've never worked in an office before at a computer. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, I've never worked in an office, never worked at a computer. I'm like, I know how to do it, but I'm just not familiar with this whole environment. And you gave us a whole lot of information all at once. We didn't have access to the programs we needed to do it last week. So now we're just like flooded with all this stuff all together, all at once. Okay, now do it. I go, so I don't, I don't work this way. Like I have to learn by watching someone do it. I go, so it's going to take me a while. Like I got to see something done repeatedly before I get it's locked up in my head. And I said, and the thing with these handouts is there's, there's a lot of stuff here. And I feel like I don't have time to be searching for the answer. And, you know, once I'm on my own, I guess I'm going to have to be searching through the handouts. But since you're here now, I figured, hey, let me just suck as much knowledge out of you guys as I can now. And so when I'm on my own, then, you know, that's when I'm going to have to resort to searching through handouts to get the answer. 
yeah, I understand that, but you need to do better at trying to get all this stuff done because if you if you don't complete this, 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 and that, then they're gonna write you up, then they're gonna have to talk to you, then it's gonna be on a performance plan, and then they're gonna and then you you might get fired. I'm like, oh fucking it. All right. So my confidence wasn't very high at this point. And so I'm like, oh God. Well, I better get this shit together. And <laughs> every day I was there. It's like all these new problems would come up. And I'm like, I don't know how to fucking take care of that. And so I'd be calling him over all the time with stuff. I don't even know what what you would even find in a fucking handout. Right. So I'm like, hey, what about this? Oh, well, that's you got to do this, this, this and that. Okay. Uh, Okay, I did did it. I did it. Okay, now why isn't it working? Um, Oh, you didn't uncheck that box. And I'm like, why the how would I know to uncheck that box? How would I know that? Oh, you know, it's. I didn't know that at first too, but you know, it took me a while to figure that out. I'm like, so long story short, at one point I started feeling so much anxiety because the shit just wouldn't stop. Like we get hundreds upon hundreds of emails a day and they all, they all go, so you're hearing that shit like every few seconds, right? Just, Oh, another fucking alert, another alert. And we're not allowed to turn it off. Nope, can't turn it off. You gotta leave it. And then you gotta fill out all these reports. And then if uh blah blah blah, then you gotta you gotta go on the fucking thing and create this and create that. It's just like nonstop, dude. And I was like getting so anxious. I started feeling this this hot feeling in the center of my chest. Maybe I drank a whole lot of coffee also, because there was a free coffee machine that <laughs> gave you espressos. That couldn't that probably didn't help. But I started feeling so fucking anxious that I'm like, I can't do like I, I just froze. Like like a deer in headlights. I'm like, uh, I was like, I can't do this shit. This is not for me. And she came over at one point and she's like, you have to do this and this and that. And I, don't forget. I, got, I go, look, I was going to wait to the end of the day to tell you this, but I'm done. This is not for me. It's too much shit. <laughs> I told her just like that. And she's like, oh, that's okay. It's not for everyone. And uh, we talked a little bit longer, and then she goes, this job fucking sucks. <laughs> so if you get that from a trainer, that kind of explains it. And then the other lady, a little bit later, when it was just her and I, she's like, so you're leaving, huh? I was like, yep. She's like, yeah, I don't blame you. She's uh, <laughs> this is not for everyone, and it's your eight hours. How do you want to spend it? You want to spend it like this, nonstop, being bothered by everybody? Because I wouldn't want to be that. I've done this job for too long. That's why I'm out of here. It's like, all right, well, there's two, two for two that fucking hate this job. So uh, I think let me get out before, <laughs> before uh, it gets worse. Now look, this made this made me feel like I was dumb. This is the whole. That was a long, a long way to go, right? To tie it back, loop back around, but it made me feel like I was dumb. Like I couldn't get this shit. Maybe if I got adequate sleep. And wasn't hung over most days and didn't drink a whole lot of espressos. Maybe I could have focused better. <laughs> but uh I don't know. I I still fucking hated it. I would still hate it. It sucks. So I'm back to what I was doing and I felt like a fucking just having to go back with like your tail between your legs, right? When everyone you're like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> And I had a friend, uh, fucking the the bearded cunt. He would text me like, hey, man, you're almost out. How's it feel? I'm like, oh, it feels great. I can't wait. Oh, man, it's so close. I got senioritis, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yep, I'm back. <laughs> and then I seen this older dude. And when I came back, he goes, ah, I knew it. He goes, I want so much money off you. I'm like, what? You bet that had to come back. He's like, I knew you'd be back. I knew you were going to hate that shit. Fuck that job. (laughs) He's like, I used to do that. He's like, no way, man. I got out as soon as I could. He goes, fuck that. I'm like, all right, well, you know, I had to see for myself, man. Now I get it. It's not for me. Anyway, so I told the bearded cunt that I felt like a loser. And the bearded cunt actually had some words of encouragement. If you believe that. You wouldn't think so coming from a bearded cunt, but uh, he surprised me. He said, don't feel like a loser. Not every job is for everyone. You tried it. It wasn't for you. 
He said, yeah, I tried out for a different job and I'd even pass. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't for me. He goes, and I don't take that like, a, like I'm a loser. You know, I'm not a loser professionally. I'm just a loser in my personal life. <laughs> Look at him helping me out. He didn't kick a fellow when he was down. Eh, he did a little bit later when he texted me insulting things. And uh, it doesn't go unnoticed, the good and the bad. You hear me, you bearded cunt? You're on my list, and I'm coming for you. Anyhow, so yeah, I felt dumb, like, oh man, I'm usually successful at all things I try. Oh my God, James, shut the fuck up. I'm serious. I usually do things successfully, you know, and uh, this is not one of them. So it's like an ego check. I had, I had confidence that I can get the shit done, but look at me, I failed. Fucking almost had a panic attack. Look at that. I never had a panic attack before. I never even know what it felt like. And now I know what Iron Man 3 is all about. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, all right. You know what? I think it takes a real man to admit this. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Jesus Christ, James. Do you ever get tired, James? Does your ego ever get tired? How do you fit through the fucking door with that giant head? Just all right, relax. Don't take it so personally. This is a fucking podcast where I'm trying to entertain the masses. Anyhow, so what have we learned today, class? That I'm probably a loser, despite what the bearded cunt said, and I feel like I'm dumb, like I'm dumber than I usually am. But there is a bright shining light at the end of that tunnel, boys and girls, because once I went back to my old job, after being in this fucking hellish bullshit job for almost a month, coming back to my old position, I feel like I've been reborn. I've actually been enjoying it. And I can see now all the good things about this job. Things I took for granted. And now I know. Oh, this is actually a great fucking job. And I just became a little jaded over time. But now that I was taken away and been into that shitty office environment. Oh, and by the way, if you work in an office, you know, I'm sorry, but the phoniness that you have to play up, oh, it's so, it's like, you know, the bosses are all around and they come over, hey, it was good. Like, <sighs> it is fucking annoying, super annoying. So uh, I'm glad to be out and on my own once again. And I'm not just bullshitting to try to save face here. Try to be like, well, it's actually, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy that I failed. No, I'm, I'm being honest. I've been enjoying myself as of late. I don't know how long this will last. But uh, so far, so good. New lease on life, everybody. But the one thing that really, really kills me, though, is not having a toilet so accessible. Oh, is that lovely. I'm out roaming the streets, so uh, finding a good toilet is hard to come by. Being in an office, there's always a toilet nearby. And oh mama, did I love that. All right, speaking of disasters, last week when I was recording the show, there was an earthquake. Oh my God, James, pretty good segue. I know, I pride myself on my segues. Yes, a 4.3 magnitude in Carson, California. Here's Johnny! Wrong Carson, but uh, 4.3 magnitude, and I felt it here, and like I told you, I thought my bookshelf was going to fall over and crush me to death, but uh, upon further investigation, I in fact did anchor it to the wall. Look at me being smart, but I forgot that I did that, so uh, I was safe after all. Anyhow, this week, um, I guess it's been happening for a while, I just didn't know about it, because I don't watch the news because I'm a kid. But the whole state of California is on fire. I look, I'm looking at a map here, and there's from the, I don't know if this is very accurate, but this is a, I guess so, ca.gov, Cal Fire. It's showing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 fires going on in California. Now, look, like I told you, I don't listen to the news. I, don't, I try to avoid it because it's all a bunch of bullshit and uh, I try to scare you. And you know, you know, the media. So... I just don't bother with it because I don't like being angry. Um, so, But yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. I mean, uh, I was driving and it was super hazy on the freeway. I'm like, what the hell? It looked like a dust cloud was coming in or a dust storm. And I go, what is all this going on? And then uh, 
I think I heard on the radio, like, oh, no, yeah, it's an extra pollution out there because of the fire. The smoke from up north is coming down here to L.A. County. It's like, oh, that's what's happening here. It's fire. Fire! So uh, look at this. More natural disasters, everybody. And I heard, you probably have too, that uh, the sequoia, the General Sherman, which is the largest tree in the world, apparently, uh, they wrapped the fuck out of it in that fire retardant uh, foil stuff. And apparently, apparently, they saved General Sherman as well as some other sequoia trees. Uh, it's fucking nuts, man. This whole state seems like it's been on fire for a long time. Well, since last year, but I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. It seems like the sky is falling. Life as we know it is ending. Should you be scared? Probably. James, you sound like the media now. Yeah. Run for the hills, everybody. But the hills are on fire, James. Oh, okay. Run for the ocean. There's sharks in the ocean, James. Ah, oh, fuck. All right, then just, uh, just go to the garage, put a water hose in your exhaust, and then uh, put the other side inside your, your driver's side window. And just sit in your garage and listen to some cool music and just, just sit in there with the motor running for a bit. You'll be just fine. Uh, anyway. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of General Sherman, that's in Sequoia National Park. Now, Sequoia National Park happens to be right down the street from where I used to go whitewater rafting. Now, look, I bring this up because some very dear friends of mine, I mean, I don't want to give their names. I don't want to put them on blast. But let's just call them um, Art and Viv. Let's go with that. That's uh, pretty common names. No one will ever know who they are. Okay, so uh, they took their family on a rafting trip recently. Now, look, this was months ago, but they were telling me about it before they went. I'm like, hey, that sounds like fun. I've been whitewater rafting, and it's a great time. And, like, you know, they got uh, three kids. The youngest one is probably, oh, shit, I don't know, 10 maybe? So I tell them, uh, I tells him, I says, I go, oh, so you're going to go on, the, what, category one? He's like, oh, something like that, you know, something real easy for the family. I guess it should be pretty cool. I was like, all right, right on. So he, they go, and then afterwards, my wife's like, oh, my God, did you hear what happened to our Amber? I said, no, what happened? On their rafting trap, they all went, they all got thrown out of the raft and went into the, the river. I'm like, what? Didn't they go, like, on the easy family version? It's like, I think so, but they all got thrown out, and they're, like, terrified. I'm like, are you fucking serious? And I'm just thinking, because that this happened to me, so uh, I can only imagine... If your if your kids are involved and like seeing your wife, so uh, yeah, they tell us a story later when I see them in person. Just like you know how terrifying it was that, you know, they trust this guide, right? Like this guy is supposed to have your safety, your best interest at heart, and uh, they pretty much fail you. <laughs> and his whole family got thrown into the river, and you know. You're bouncing around and you're hitting shit and they all got banged up pretty good and were fucking terrified and thought they were going to drown the whole deal. Now, I can't imagine having that happen, like I said, to your wife and your kids and just not knowing, like, just that feeling of, oh, fuck, I can't do anything about this. They're off on their own, you know, being pulled and pushed and all that shit. And I, there's not a damn thing I can do about it. No control. They're at the mercy of nature. It must have been terrifying. Because I'll tell you what, I, I've told this story. It's probably like 200 podcasts ago, maybe more. But I thought it'd be a nice time to revisit this, this lovely tale. <laughs> Recycle some material. Oh, my God, James. Let's just make this all about you. Your friends had a near-death experience. And you want to turn it around and tell your little saga, James. Well, I'm telling you my firsthand account. So the people out there that, don't, that haven't done this before can get a real sense of what's happening. It's pretty simple, James. You're in a raft and then you're in the water, James. What more is there to say? All right. For those of you that share the opinion of this asshole, you may skip forward about three or four minutes. For the rest of you, just sit back and enjoy the fucking river rafting ride. God, you make me so angry. I'm sorry, James, but I'm not sorry. I think you need to be challenged once in a while. You know what? I, I agree with that. Thank you for being an asshole. I appreciate you. Anyhow, so uh, we used to go whitewater rafting. Before Manfest! Before Manfest, we used to go whitewater rafting. We probably went like four years in a row. But because the reason Manfest started 
is because the whitewater rafting thing became too expensive and too much of a of a commitment for some fellas because it is like a four-hour drive and then you know it's like the whole weekend's like 300 bucks all uh in total for everything so that became a little too much for some of these guys once they started having families and shit so we're like all right let's just stay local and just go camping only how's that huh does that work and also some of the guys got thrown into the river and uh there's a little bit of trauma involved with that where some guys didn't want to go back. They're like, okay, that's enough for me. Now, this is probably like my third year of going. We all went and, uh, you know, I knew what to expect. And the thing about whitewater rafting is depending on the rainfall, that depends on how high the water is, right? If you get, if you're in a drought, the water level is going to be so fucking low and bullshit. Like we went one year when it was the water level was really low and you kept getting stuck on these big boulders and you got to get off and like rock the goddamn raft to get loose. But this particular time, there was a there was a high amount of water, so and the rapids were a little stronger than normal. So here we go. This is my third year, like I said. There's uh, I think four of us in the raft and the guide in the back, and we're going along, and it's really fun, right? And this this guide, it was his very first time going solo, as a guide by himself with civilians, right? They do it all the time with other guides because they practice. But this was his first, <laughs> his very first mission, you know, being the captain of this raft. And this fuck, he blew it. One of the rapids, because, you know, you, you're going down and every once in a while, you're like, all right, here comes, the, here comes the big drop, right? And the raft actually fucking drops down like, you know, four or five feet or whatever it is, sometimes more. And you need to be, so the guide's job is to read the river the correct way and tell you which way to paddle because there's two okay so the people on the right and people on the left you're paddling whatever direction you're supposed to to make sure you're steering the raft the correct way so it'd be like you know right back left front with that kind of shit and so you got to paddle backwards to make sure you're steering the raft a certain a certain direction right and so it's it's a lot more complicated than you think and so their job is to is to correctly navigate you through all the rapids the safest way and the best route possible to avoid any danger. So this asshole, we're, we're coming towards this big rapid, and to the left side, there's a huge boulder, and all the water's flowing up over that boulder, like nonstop. And so he tells us the wrong thing, and we get pulled to the left side. The raft goes up sideways over that flowing water, over that boulder, and when it lands, it goes down the rapid, like you know, a five-foot drop, whatever. We slam into the water below, and... It, you know what? There was six of us in the raft this time. I'm, I got confused. Uh, there was six of us in the raft and one guide. So once we hit the, the, the bottom, all of us on the right side and the guide got ejected and thrown into the rapid like immediately. You know, one thing you're seeing the water and you're seeing daylight and then all of a sudden psh, you're underneath and you're like, what the fuck's happening? And it takes your brain a few seconds to figure out what's going on because it happens so fast. And then... I was, uh, since we dropped like right when the rapid goes down, it, they called it the washing machine because the water keeps cycling in, a, in like a circle. And I got stuck under there and I kept getting pulled down and, and pushed up and pulled down. And I couldn't get, break free of this shit for uh, what seemed like a while. But finally, like I get spit out. And then you kind of pop up and get pulled down nonstop. You're always getting popped out and pulled down. And so my fucking head is coming up and I'm trying to get a, a breath of water, but I feel like I'm choking and I feel like I can't breathe. And then I realized later, like a, years later, when I jumped into uh, Crater Lake in Oregon, the water's like 50, it's always 50 something degrees, like 52 degrees or some shit. I jumped in the, that lake and I felt the same feeling of when I went into the Whitewater Rapids. And it's, I thought it was because I, uh, didn't get a breath of air, but no, the water's so fucking cold that your body feels like you can't breathe. Like you start to, your body starts to freak out and it's like, <gasps> and you, you feel like you can't take a breath. So later on I learned that. But anyway, so when I get spit in, when I'm trying to come out and take a breath, I just feel like I'm choking all, already. Gets pulled back under another, then I, I get pushed up again and a fucking other raft. That's because there's like a group of four rafts and you all travel together. So another raft that was behind us is now down the rapid and once I pop my head the fucking raft hits me right in the head and I see this bright flash of stars right I'm like oh and I'm all dazed 
get pulled back under the water. And then my knees hitting the fucking rocks underneath. And it's just like tumbling, tumbling. And they tell you to begin with, if you fall in the rapids, make sure you put your feet downstream and float on your back. The last thing you want to do is go down head first as you bump your head on rocks and shit. So, dude, once you're in the water getting thrown against rocks and you're fucking dunking and coming out and, and being spun around and you're flipped over and shit, it's so powerful. The, like, how, how do you do that? I don't know, dude. I, I'm not a very strong swimmer to begin with, but there's no way I could have straightened out and lay on my back and put my feet downstream. Like, it was just, I'm like in survival mode. So I kept going down the river, being pulled under, pushed back out, pulled under. And at this point, like I, I get pushed out and I go to take a breath and a bunch of water gets in my fucking mouth. <laughs> and then like now I'm choking and I can't breathe and I'm still getting pulled down, pushed up, pulled down. And I, I probably went like 100 yards down the river, just being pulled down, pushed up, pulled down the whole time. And I'm panicking. And at, dude, at one point, I just gave up. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. This is how I'm dying. I just gave up. It's like, all right, I'm not fighting no more. And I just said, okay, this is how you go, man. This is how you die. You drown in a whitewater rafting accident. <laughs> and that was it. It's like, I was okay with it. And then all of a sudden I pop back up and there's a, like a little tree coming out of the river straight in front of me. And I went, oh shit. And so I just quickly grabbed onto it and I pulled myself out of the water, my head above water, I'm like, <gasps> choking and shit. And here comes another raft and they, uh, they see me and they, uh, they grab me, they pull me in and I'm choking and shit. And I look up and like, there's some chicks in the raft and they're just, their eyes are open wide and they're like, Oh fuck. And the guy's like, Hey bro, you all right? And my knees like bleeding cause I banged it on a rock. I'm like, Oh. Uh, I am now. <laughs> so I heard afterward that the guide, like a mermaid, swam quickly to a boulder and got out and then jumped into another raft. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, these guys are really strong swimmers, which I am not. I think I mentioned. But uh, yeah, so me, my cousin Monkey, <gasps> he got thrown out. His knee got banged up. Uh forgot who else got thrown out another fr some friend of ours and the guide and so once we were because uh, you stop halfway to have lunch and then you continue afterwards you keep going again so at, at that stop monkey <gasps> he's like that's it i'm not continuing fuck that i'm scared i go dude you can't give up man like you got to get back in you got to face the fear my like, girls you're never gonna get over it no no way my knee hurts. I'm not doing it. So he was out. He stopped. And they're like, we'll arrange someone to come and get you. <laughs> so stay here at the restaurant. Uh, we left Monkey. We left Monkey behind and we, got, we went back in the raft and we finished our journey. It did freak me out, dude. I won't lie to you. It was scary. So the next year, I had to go back just to, just to face that again. You're like, you know fuck it. You know, I got to get back on. I got to get back on the bike. You know what I mean? So, uh, but anyway, that's my tale. And so I completely understand what happened to, uh, to my friends. And, and like I said, and just the thought of myself being there was fucking terrifying. I could not imagine that also somewhere in that river, my daughter and my son and my wife are going through the same thing, you know? And like, who knows if they're going to make it out? Fucking crazy. Like you, you could have got hit in the head by that. Like the raft hit me and you could have fucking passed out and just been floating face down done. And they won't get to you in time. It's fucking crazy. Scary shit. So yeah, I recommend you all go whitewater rafting. <laughs> uh. We did have a friend every single year, a friend of ours, would get dunked. Every year, he would get thrown out of the raft. That guy was a trooper, I tell you what. But anyway, uh, to close this whole thing out, you know what, Art and Viv and kids, I'm so happy that you guys are okay and you live through this experience because I love you. Aww. All right, I think now's a good time to check in with our radio affiliate to get a look at sports. K-G-A-Y, K-G-A-Y. 
And now for the K-Gay Sports Report, we take you live to sports expert Dan Drizzles. The pitcher got ejected from the game. His hands were covered in sticky stuff. And that was your K-Gay Sports Report brought to you by Goof Off. Gunk removal works the first time, every time. K-G-A-Y, K-Gay. And now it's time for another edition of... Stallone stands alone. Sylvester Stallone is a fine American actor. Some would even argue the greatest actor to ever grace the screen. One might wonder, what if Sylvester Stallone was cast in a movie as opposed to the actor that was actually in the movie? Would it have been better? Today we find out the answer to that very question when we place Sylvester Stallone in Star Wars Return of the Jedi playing David Prowse and James Earl Jones' character of Darth Vader. And here it goes. Hey, you like Luke? Help me take this mask off. But you'll die. And you're like, nothing can stop that now, you know? Just for once, let me look upon you with my own eyes, you know? Now, go, my son. Leave me. No. You're coming with me. I won't leave you here. I'm going to save you. You already have, Luke. You were right. You were right. Tell your sister. You were right. You know? Well, I for one think it's abundantly clear that Stallone brought a much deeper depth and complexity to the character of Darth Vader. But alas, it was not meant to be. Thank you for joining us on another edition of Stallone Stands Alone. All right. Okay, so one more thing before I start closing the shit out is uh, COVIDs, man. You know that's still happening? That's still a thing? Yeah, it's still going on. Uh, so, yeah, everyone has to wear masks still. Now, I've realized something about the masks. Uh, I, I never realized how much of your face they actually cover and how much that can affect the way you look. There's this person that I work with, sort of, and I've only seen him with a mask on all the time, right? And then one day, uh-oh. <clears throat> one day, I saw a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. The bandit had been throwing them away. So why steal them? Well, because he thought it was good sport, because some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money that can't be bought. Bullied, reason, or negotiate with some men. Just want to watch the world burn. So one day, this dude came in with a Starbucks. And he pulls down his mask to take a drink of his Starbucks. And oh boy, he's not like I thought he was going to look. You know, with that mask on, he's a good looking fella. He's got those piercing eyes. Some nice eyebrows. You know, good looking build. <laughs> then that mask comes down. I'm like, oh man, he's got a weird looking mouth. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not, uh, that's kind of like a letdown. He's not so cute after all. <laughs> what a bummer. <laughs> On a related note, my daughter says, uh, she's like, oh, um, because, you know, she's in high school and she's on the volleyball team, but they all have to wear their masks. And she's like, oh, we are going to take our pictures together. And then this girl on our team, she took her mask off. And I was like, oh, my God. Everyone's like, you're so pretty. Oh, my God. Look how pretty you are. And it's like, all right, well, they can go one of two ways, it seems. It can be, wow, you're, you're better looking than I thought. But mostly, oh, you're not, uh, you're not as good looking as I thought. 
It's pretty crazy how you can think someone's attractive, then they take the mask off, and it's like, oh, no. You're not what I thought you'd look like at all. <laughs> and it's happened more than one occasion. More than a few times, I've seen uh, someone that I've been looking at in a mask often, and then the mask comes off, and there goes the attraction. Goodbye. Goodbye, horses. I'm on my knees for you. Crazy stuff, man. And, I'm, and, you know, you can't help but to think, huh, I wonder what the reactions are when people see me without a mask on. Are they better than uh, anticipated or is it a letdown? <laughs> I don't know. No one cared about me until I put on the mask. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I don't know. It's a nice uh, thought experiment. What about you, everybody? Do you think you look better with a mask on? Or don't you? I'd love to hear about it. James, will you stop asking for emails? God damn it. No one gives a shit. I'm just going to keep putting it out there. You never know. If you don't put out the bait and the hook, you'll never catch a fish. Right? What's the other, what's the other fella? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take? Wayne Gretzky? The Danger Hour at Yahoo.com. You want to send me a movie suggestion? I'll watch it. You got a song recommendation? I'll listen to it. You got a recipe? I'll make it. You got nude photos of your mother? I'll look at them. As long as they're tastefully done. I'll still look at them. The Danger Hour at Yahoo.com. All right. So uh, basically, yeah. I mean, this mask thing can really kill your game, right? If you meet someone. If you're out and about and they see your beautiful eyes. Oh, my God. Look at their eyes. Oh, beautiful eyes. And then you pull your mask down like, oh, never mind. <laughs> what if your most strong attributes is your mouth and your lower nose, right? Your nose holes. What if your nose holes are really sexy and you got great lips, but they can't see them. And then you got like these nasty eyeballs. That's fucked up, right? I guess it can go both ways. Just like you, James. Oh, well played. Uh, yeah, so and the good thing about the masks is uh, I had this, I had this uh, weird thing going on where I kept getting bloody noses. And, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you ask yourself, is life worth living? Should I blast myself? I mean, sorry. Uh, when you wake up in the morning and then, you know, your, your nose is all stuffed and you got to blow it. So for a while there, I'd be, I'd be blowing my nose and it'd be bleeding like crazy. And I know what you're thinking. Why didn't you just not blow your nose? But I want to breathe, man. And this kept, it kept triggering these nosebleeds, right? So for a while, every morning I had, I had a bloody nose and I'd stick a tissue up in there while I prepared the rest of my routine. But one day I was driving to work and it still wouldn't stop. And the whole way to work, it's bleeding and bleeding. I was like, fuck, dude. I get to work, still bleeding. So I put a fresh uh, napkin, I shove it up my nostril. Then I put my mask on. No one's the wiser. Nobody knew. Could you imagine how embarrassing it'd be if you walked into the crowd of people at work and you got a fucking napkin hanging out of your nose? Gross, right? So in this circumstance, masks are good. So after our little uh, morning powwow, I went to the bathroom and I was in there for like 35, 40 minutes and the shit would not stop. And finally it did. And I'm left with a raw, crusty fucking nostril because it would not stop. And I kept having to put tissues up there. This is another godsend. The mask prevented people from seeing my crusty nose. So a part of me likes this mask still. Plus I get to hide. You ever wear your mask and then sunglasses and then uh, I have a hat on so it looks like <laughs> some people call me the invisible man. I like it. I like hiding. The wife also goes, you know, I like wearing a mask. I don't have to do my makeup. So maybe this mask is such a bad thing after all. That's all I'm saying. Look at the bright side, everybody. Although, if your strongest attributes are your uh, your lips and your nose holes, well, that sucks to be you. All right, let's start closing the show out with a little segment I like to call, I Fancy That. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's wonderful. It's I Fancy That. Fancy That. Fancy times, everybody. All right, I fancy that is a segment in which I get to talk about something positive for a change. Can you believe that? So let's spread some positivity, shall we? Let's talk about something nice and good. Something that I fancy. All right, here we go. First one. I had this written down for a while, but I uh, skipped over it for some reason. I don't know why. There's a 
sort of a documentary, not really, but it's on, uh, I think it's on Hulu's. It's the uh, Paul McCartney, it's called McCartney 321, in which Paul McCartney sits in a studio with Rick Rubin, and they go through various Beatles tracks, and uh, it's pretty fucking interesting. If you're a Beatles fan, this is for you. If you don't really care, maybe this might get you into them, or if not, you know, whatever. Maybe maybe you'll hate this <laughs> tremendously. I don't know, but uh, give it a shot. So it's pretty cool, man. Just they they break down all these Beatles tracks and uh, they isolate some things, and uh, you know, McCartney gives some background stuff, some uh, some little some little stories that are involved. Talks about all kinds of. Sh- it's really cool, really cool. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, there's this show I want to recommend. This show, I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu. It's called Dave. Uh, it's like that rapper Lil Dicky. I don't know if you're, I didn't know anything about this guy until I watched the show, but apparently Little Dicky is a real rapper. So uh, this guy Dave, that's the real guy. But the show is all about him trying to be a rap star, and it's really, really well done. The first season is pretty fucking funny, and then the second season has like a bit of a slow drag in the beginning, but stick with it because it pays off nicely. But there's this one episode that Rick Rubin is involved with in some capacity. I won't say any more than that. But it is pretty goddamn outstanding. It's like an it's 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 a comedy show. It's funny and goofy, but this episode is like art. It's really really well done, and it's fucking it, just please. If you listen to this goofy bullshit, I know you'll like Dave. Check out Dave. Check out McCartney. Three, two, one. Is that it? Ah, oh, shit. I still got I still got a long time to go to get to the hour. God damn. Okay, I'll add one more fancy. All right. Uh, at this last. Man first, 20, 21. We played beer pong, as I mentioned, and I found out about a new rule I had no idea about. All the, you know, my, my buddy Bobbert, he hangs out with a bunch of youngsters, and he's like, oh, the kids told me this new rule. He calls them the kids, which makes him sound extra old. Uh, and he's older than me, so he is extra old. But I love that dude. That's gay, James. Uh, yeah, be that as it may. So uh, the love between two men is nothing to scoff at. Uh, anyway, so he goes, yeah, the, the kids taught me this new rule. It's called Death Cup. I was like, okay, what is Death Cup? Because I'm already in. I love the name. He's like, basically, if you make the ball in one of the cups and the other team forgets to remove that cup from the table and then you guys make your, and then you guys are up again and you, and you fucking make the ball in that same cup, that's it. Death Cup, game over. They got to drink everything on the table. I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. And wouldn't you believe, wouldn't you believe it? A little bit later, me and uh, um, Bobbert are playing uh, my brother-in-law, Yusuf, and someone, some other asshole, I forget, maybe Lito, who knows, some other gay. And we were playing, and they forget to take the cup away, dude. And I'm so excited, right? But I can't let them see my excitement. But I'm like, oh, I want this so bad. I'm looking right at the cup. I'm like, please, please let me get it. Oh, God of Manfest, please bless me with these tidings. Tidings? Whatever. Please, God of Manfest. Man God. Whatever you are. Godfest, let me sink this. And I'm staring at this cup, right? I have it locked in. There's nothing I want more. And I release. Bloop. Goes right in. And I just go, Death Cup! And then uh, my, my buddy Bobbert's eyeballs get big. He goes, what? I go, yes. And then the other team's like, fuck, I forgot to take the ball away. I'm like, that's it. Game over. You lose. Death Cup. And I couldn't say Death Cup enough because it's a cool fucking name. And oh, man, was it my finest hour. I was beyond ecstatic. I was beside myself. James, are you trying to come up with new ways to say how excited you were because you want to waste more time on the podcast, James? Yes, I am. <laughs> I was thrilled. Okay, James. Move it along. All right. So, yeah, that was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. I must say. You know, for one thing, hearing about that awesome rule is one thing. But actually having the scenario in which I could apply it and then can pull it off? Are you kidding me? So, McCartney, three, two, one. Dave. And reaching death cup status. Oh, mama. Fancy that! All right, and now it's t-
time for the darker side of life. That's right. It's time for the fuck you moment. And here we go. Fuck you. Uh, yeah. All right. The fuck you is the opposite of fancy when I ended on a negative note. You thought I was getting on a positive note. You fool. Fooled you again. Here we go. I get to be angry. Complain about something. Because you know what? I like to complain. Oh, I'm a complainer. First one. Fuck you to black TV shows. Oh my God, James. You can't say that anymore. I'm just kidding. What I meant to say is, fuck you to remakes of other TV shows that they just put a black cast in. Now look, nothing against the black folks. All right? I once had a black friend for a little while. I'm more like a coworker, but he still counted because I had him on the podcast. I wouldn't have just any other coworker on my podcast. It would have to be a friend. So as you know, by the rules of racism, if one of my friends at one time was a black fella and I invited him into my home, that counts. It counts for something. James, you're a moron. I already said that at the beginning of the show. All right, so nothing against the black, any, any, any race, but they seem to do it with the black folks. They, they get a normal, regular, not normal. <laughs> oh, shit. They take this hit show, then they just put a black cast in it, and now it's a new show. It, it's it's dumb. My point is, do cre- come up with something new. The latest one, the Wonder Years. You heard about this one? Now look, dude, the Wonder Years was a big part of a lot of people's lives growing up, and it was part of mine too. It it means a lot to certain people. But James, then why don't you allow them to make this new version for the next generation, James, so they can have the same love and appreciation? Because my point is, leave that alone. Just let it be. Let it exist and be left alone, all right? Create a new thing, something different. Stop ripping off old shit. Plus, it never works, right? Has it ever worked? All right, we're going to make Oceans movies, but with women. Didn't that flop? Hey, remember that movie, What, what Women Want? Let's do that, but with what men want, and it's a black lead, a black female lead. Did that work? I think that was a flop. Hey, let's remake Ghostbusters, but with broads. No, it never works. It never works. So please, Hollywood, if you're listening, if someone out there is listening, why don't you come up with brand new shit? But that's hard. I don't know how to come up with new things. <laughs> These people are, are the people that you had in high school that would just copy essays but change a few things so it's a little bit different. <laughs> that's what's happening. Just a bunch of plagiarizers nowadays. That's it. Hey, I've got a great idea. What if we take Rocky and we make a new updated version, but this time he's black? Oh, you mean Creed? (laughs) All right, I'm done. I think I beat this thing over the head enough. Okay, next up. Uh, Oh, words with friends. Yeah, I know. I'm an old fuck. I sound like an old fuck. I know I sound like an old fuck. It's a a repeating theme every every time I record. I hear myself. All right, you don't got to tell me anything. I hear it. So words are friends. Once in a while, I'll play it, you know, when I've got some downtime and I don't feel like going and surfing the internet or going on the socials. I'll be like, all right, let's play this fucking game and kill some time. So recently, this chick asked me to play, right? I got like a, like a message like, wait, this person wants to play a game with you. You want to do it? And the, the, the lady happened to be close to my skill level. <laughs> and she happened to be an attractive woman. I was like, all right. I know it's just a fake picture, but uh, <laughs> but I'll play. And right away, this lady, in air quotes, she messages me, private message during the game, like, hey, uh, where are you from? And I'm like, hmm, well, whatever. Maybe she's just being friendly. It seems phony right away, but I'll answer her. And I go, Southern California, how about you? She goes, Tennessee. So I go, oh, uh, I, I recently visited Tennessee. I was up in the Smokies. And she replies, oh, how fun. And the next message after that is, how old are you? I was like, all right, well, I guess that's a, a reasonable follow-up. So I tell her, uh, I'm 37, and she happens to be 38. So, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> her next question is, what do you do for a living? So I'm like, that's fucking weird. Okay, uh, I understand the first couple questions. You know, where are you from? Just to kind of get an idea. Like, oh, yeah, I'm playing this person. He's out in California. Oh, yeah, this lady's in Tennessee. That's cool. Oh, she's around my age. All right, but what do you do for a living? And it's all like right after another. It's like, that's... 
all right, I'm done with this. Uh, I have no interest in continuing this conversation. So I just keep, con- I just keep playing the game. So I play like one round or maybe two. And then, you know, I don't get to it for like a day or two. And once I come back, she responds, I need you to answer the question. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And so I, resp- I reply, why, LOL? Like, why do you need me to answer this question? And I forget about it. And then uh, I go, oh, you know, like the next day, I think I'm taking a shit in the morning, getting ready for work. And I go, oh, I wonder what she responded with. So I go back on and there's no trace of her at all. The game has been completely like wiped out. Now, normally, like if someone, if someone uh, cancels the game or whatever, it'll say like, oh, this person resigned, right? Or it'll say like, oh, it's this person's turn. But there was nothing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Now, I, I suppose it's possible that she like blocked me and maybe they wouldn't, maybe that wouldn't have any trace on my end if she blocked me. But it's like, that's fucking, or I was thinking, is she, a, was she a bot the whole time? Is this fake? What's happening here? So I don't know, dude. I don't know what to make of that. So <laughs> that's why I wanted to put it in the fuck you moment because I don't get it. But also, go fuck yourself. Super weird. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but my take was like, okay, this is bizarre. I want no part of this. And yeah, I still play this stupid fucking game, but like I told you before, I don't really trust it. I think I think it's bots. I think it's made up accounts because like I told you, man, like I'll I'll make a move at all hours of the day and some people I'm playing will will make a move soon after that. These people might be losers just hanging around all day long waiting for people to make their moves, but it just seems a little too convenient. So why do I keep playing? I don't fucking know. Fuck me and fuck that game. All right, last one. Still got a few minutes to kill here. Big, giant, fat fuck you to Amazon. Oh, yeah. Yes, we all love Amazon. Makes life a little easier, right? But the thing I don't like about Amazon, just like everything else in the world, at first it's cool, but there's a way to fuck it up. There's always a way that it gets fucked up. It jumps the shark. And what Amazon has done now is they offer a, what appears like a lot of knockoff products from China. So, you know, that thing that you love or a popular thing, they'll make a knockoff version. Now look, if you go through the comments, it's kind of annoying because there's a lot of bots on Amazon too, like fake reviews. If you do the research, you'll see a lot of times the reviews aren't even for the product they're selling. And uh, people will be like, oh, don't buy it here. This is a knockoff. Look, I thought I was buying a, let's just, uh, let me see, like a Columbia, let's say a Columbia jacket, right? I saw this one time. A Columbia jacket. Look, this isn't even the right logo. Look, this is a real Columbia logo. And here's the one I got from Amazon. And it's obviously like a fake knockoff. It's close but not close enough. So a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of reviews where people are like, don't buy this. This is fake. It's not the real deal. It's a cheap, you know, knockoff, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude. And every single thing on Amazon has shitty reviews and great reviews. Now I don't even know what to believe anymore. It's very frustrating. It seemed like it used to be a legit cool website, but now it's just been too corrupted and fucking blown out. Just like your butthole, James. Oh, there he goes again. Yeah, just like my butthole. <laughs> oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's enough. Okay. So, uh, fuck you to um, remaking things with female and colored casts. You can't say color no more, James. Fuck you to remade shows and movies with female and, or male. Just flipping the script. And people of colored casts does that work all right fuck you two words with friends you tricky little devils you bots and a big fat motherfucking fuck you to amazon all those things i fuck you fuck you all right that's gonna do it everybody it's been quite the journey but in the end the love you take is easy.
Yeah. Beatles. Did you know that my buddy Peterson, Peterson, old man Peterson, thought that Tenacious D consisting of Jack Black and that other fella, Kyle, that they made this medley? He thought it was their original music, but it was the end of the Abbey Road album by the Beatles. And this fuck... One, being old man Peterson, and two, being a lover of music, would know that about these songs. You know, the, the, the ending medley on the Abbey Road album. You think he'd know about them at all. You think he might have heard of them, but no. He thought they were original Tenacious D songs. That kind of blew my mind a little. Even if you're not a Beatles fan, which I know he's not. He doesn't give a fuck, but... uh. How have, you not, how have you not heard of these songs before? They're very famous. I mean, what kind of a fool do you have to be? Never. I'm just kidding. All right. Old Matt Peterson, go fuck yourself. And uh, you know what? Here's a dedication to you there, buddy. Because you know what? All this shit talk is really me just saying, I love you. So I dedicate this uh, song to you. That's the Tenacious D cover of the Beatles. And you can look at it on uh, the YouTubes. It's pretty good. It's pretty fucking funny. Paul McCartney actually gave his endorsement on it too. And uh, Jack Black in this song performs a killer drum solo and guitar solo using only his mouth. <laughs> so it's worth, a, it's worth a watch and a listen. So Peterson, this one's for you. And the rest of you, I leave you with the same fantastic advice I always do. And that's simply stay dangerous, my friends. <laughs> Later. Hit it, fellas! You never give me your money You only give me your funny papers And in the middle of negotiations You break down I never give you my number I only give you my situation but in the middle of investigations I break down out of college money spent see no future pain no rent all the money gone nowhere to go Monday morning hit the sack what the fuck y'all lick at my crack yellow belly gone nowhere to go but oh, that magic feeling, nowhere to go. And oh, that magic feeling, nowhere to go, nowhere to go. children go to heaven one two three four five six seven all good children go to heaven one four Get, get, get. 
facts And in the end The love you take 